till we couldn't shake no more. We got down on our knees when cancer knocked at our door. We got kicked in the ass. We gave lots of sass. Oh, when it rains, it falls into this half full glass. Oh, thanks, cancer. Thanks, cancer. Thanks, cancer. Victories in the dark. You're listening to Thanks, Cancer. I'm Mimi Hall. I'm Leanna House. We're two cancer friends. We are not doctors. No, and we're not shrinks. We're not nurses or anything like it. And because of that, we are going to use some appropriately obscene language. Let's just call it salty. Anyway, we hope you'll enjoy it. This is the podcast we wish we had when we were dealing with our treatment. Hi, Mimi. Hey, Liana. So, what are we discussing today? Well, we decided to talk about some etiquette. Because you were, you had a moment last week where there was something that really bothered you. I had a funny moment. <laughs> I had a funny moment. So, um, I had just uh, finished teaching a yoga class and I came back down and there were some folks who were geneticists sitting around and talking and um, and, you know, I, it, one was my good friend and he was like, oh, yeah, Mimi went through some cancer because I'd said, you know, I say to all geneticists, like, thank you for the work you do. And they're always like, Rawr. and uh, immunotherapy pioneers. Right. I mean, I really appreciate like the, the cracking of the DNA code has been everything for my treatment. So I really appreciate it. And, um, you know, it's usually a very positive discussion where we all walk away feeling like, yeah, we're solving the cancer problem. Cure and cancer. Right. So I talked to. Um, this gal I just met and my friend said oh yeah you know Mimi went through some cancer treatment had immunotherapy and she was like oh really and I was like yeah yeah I um, had a a complete response um, to this great immunotherapy and uh, my cancer went into remission for like within like three months and she was like ah great knock wood (laughs) what (laughs) she Bitch. She like what? Just like you better do this superstitious thing. Like you anger the gods by saying that the immunotherapy cured your cancer. Wow. Point of etiquette. That's for <laughs> all of us. Don't say knock wood. So so I I I was sort of shocked and I just I actually responded right back. Um knock Genentech. That's that don't knock wood. You know, and I think she had a moment of like, wow, wait a minute. I think I'm getting schooled because she's a little bit younger than me, maybe. And uh, she was getting schooled, I think. And then she felt weird and awkward. And uh, it was She fun. should feel weird and awkward. Yeah, she should feel a little weird. <laughs> oh, my God. It was funny. I mean, I totally it, understand. the, I, And I get it. Like, also, if you've worked on some drugs or you're working on some trials or you, you've also read a lot more trials than I have. I mean, I don't look at all. The, I didn't look or seek out all the sad stories, obviously, when I was going through cancer treatment. And I didn't just say things like, well, I hope I live. Knock wood. It's, well, it, I say that about other things. Okay. As, a, not as a bystander... <laughs> If you are watching someone else go through cancer and your belief system is that if they don't do something ridiculous, the cancer is going to come back, like you believe in kind of a vindictive God. I don't know that people who are superstitious should 
be in the geneticist field necessarily. It's a little bit of a a strange. Well, but once you once you get like far enough into the science, it's indistinguishable from magic. So I'm sure there's a lot of people who are into horoscopes too. Anyway, all right. So that was my story from last week, and it was just one of those moments of like, oh, why is that not? uh, This just that's actually just wrong. Why is this inappropriate? Right, like superstition. And cancer, when you're talking about how amazing the breaking down of the DNA code is, not appropriate. But this is probably a gal who isn't good at cocktail talk anyway. Right. Do you know what I mean? I don't know that she gets invited to a lot of parties. So, well, but also yeah. maybe don't give bring up other people's the terrible things that could happen to strangers that you meet. Right. And Just here's don't the bring thing. That up. Well, and here's the thing too. Like, I'm comfortable. I'm actually okay. I mean, from the look of it, I'm going to live a very much longer life than this chick. Right. But, you know, it's like, nonetheless, like, it's fine. But don't assume it's fine. And and be a little delicate, even if the person seems robust and jovial and all of that. Just know that, like, language is important. Right? right. Semantics, we've already had that <laughs> episode, right. are important. So, anyway, that was my story from this week. But I have a lot more. Okay. <laughs> and I'm sure you do, too. Yeah. Well, we also have um, random strangers who, like, ask you about how you look, like, without the hair. Or, you know, they have stories to tell you about someone that they know is going through cancer treatment. And that's, you know, maybe not not with strangers. I mean, but the thing is, with the hair loss, it's really obvious, right? I know. You can't hide. You can't hide from the hair questions. But, I mean, then there are these moments that aren't so obvious. So this is one of the things that bothered me right off the bat. Because the first thing that I had to go through was a series of mammograms at Dana-Farber and Tufts Medical Center, where I started out. And uh, what I think is important for everyone to keep in mind, just as a bystander in this situation, is that while you may be just be getting your annual mammogram coming in and out and, ew, I hate getting my boobs squished, <laughs> someone else may be finding out that they're about to get their breast cut off. And that was the case with me. And I will tell you, unfortunately, I do find there to be a lot less decorum with sometimes the older generation than the younger generation with using headphones or silencing videos yes. or things you're looking at. It's like they haven't gotten the memo. And I understand they're just learning maybe how to text or whatever. I don't know. But I definitely sat through situations where um, people who were with the patient getting a mammogram, a standard mammogram, or um, the person themselves were watching comedic videos as I was about... Without headphones. Right. As I was about to go get a biopsy in an MRI machine, for instance, in the radiology department of Brigham and Women. I had the exact same thing happen to me. Where? How did it go? It was terrible. Right. What was it happening? Was, like, what were they watching? So... What was so important for them to distract themselves? So they were they were watching funny videos, and right. th- but there were a lot of women, like, I don't know, talking about all of the horrible things that they had been through and, like, having, like, a little powwow and, like, a kumbaya moment. Oh, God. But there were, like, eight of them, and then there was me, and I just, like, wanted to be left alone in the corner. Like, I don't want to talk to anyone... I don't want to, like, have a moment with any of you people. I just want to, like, get in and get out. Like, I just need to do this. And here's the thing. It's like, 
I'm pretty outspoken in most situations, but I'm really inhibited when it comes to telling people. I guess it's especially when I'm going through something difficult. The last thing I want is to have, in addition to that, a confrontation about usage. Oh, I, of I can't. I can't your do confrontations or iPads or laptops, whatever the case is. Yeah, not not in that situation. It's so hard to. Uh, enforce social norms when it's a totally unusual situation, right? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, that's it. And it's like, I think that's the thing for people to be aware of. It's like someone else is going through the worst day of their life where they're literally getting their death sentence or pieces of their body are getting death sentences. I mean, that was happening around me. And I think if those women were more aware of that, if we were a little bit more informed, and I wish there were signs. There's no signs up in the room. There should be. There signs. should be. There's not. There should be signs that say "Read the room." I really. I actually. This actually makes me want to get on the board. Yeah. <laughs> no. Something of Dana uh, maybe, because, maybe we could make it happen. No, I really want to make it happen because if I had that around me, like where it said, "Like please, no cell phone use, no listening to videos without headsets," you know, just basic etiquette. I would feel empowered to say hi excuse me i'm sure you didn't see this sign here it's like being in the quiet car of the amtrak or something like that it's really horrible i mean i have to tell you like it's some of my worst memories of going through my early stages of treatment which are my worst memories of this whole process the whole diagnosis thing is the darkest yes you don't know where it's going to end and you know you're falling down the hole Mm -hmm. and then you've got miss chiquita here 1950 who's just getting her annual mammogram and wants to laugh laff with rosie that day and you get to listen to her chartling along with her little wattle that she hasn't dealt with i mean (laughs) listen i had some anger like i just would look at these Bitches who were so inconsiderate, who hadn't taken any care of their bodies, and I know they're leaving today with a fucking clean scan. And I'm not. And fuck you. And I'm so scared, and I don't feel empowered enough to say anything to you, and there's no signs. (laughs) That backed me up. So It's um, hard. Don't be someone that Mimi is going to call a bitch later in your life. That's I'm just like a make a good, podcast so I can call life. you a bitch. Only good life goals. Who has no etiquette. My goal is for Mimi to never think I'm a bitch. I love how I feel free to call people bitches when I'm talking about etiquette. <laughs> I was mad. This is bringing some stuff up. I mean, it it's it is really hard when you have all of those different populations in the same area. And it's not just okay, so let's get into this. It's not just like so you're not just dealing with the etiquette of strangers and stuff like that. You're also dealing with the etiquette of your friends and family too. That's a whole other yes. layer of the onion, right? Yes. As we unpeel it. And I would say that your friends and family should have the onus of reading the room for the bystanders. Mm. And for the patients, because friends and family are there to create a buffer. That is their whole job. They are a buffer for the patient's emotions with their, like, whatever it is, mania or depression or whatever it is. And in between you as the patient and the bystander who is in a completely different place. So the friends and family should be the most aware Mm-hmm. group of these people well and here's here's the thing too if you're someone if you if you're a caregiver or someone let's just someone, someone close to you has cancer but you know yourself to not be very functional in hospitals 
you hate needles. You don't like strange smells, all this stuff. You don't like being around crowds who are getting chemo. Um, do something else. Don't like, be the person who insists on coming to the hospital. Um, be the person who is there for them afterwards or the person who drives them back and forth to the hospital. But don't force yourself to be there if it's a place that truly makes you uncomfortable or any. And that goes for any kind of role, you know, just like pick the roles where you can shine well, and, and again, be a buffer zone and supportive. It's way more helpful if as a friend or family member, if you know yourself and you can manage yourself so that the patient doesn't have to worry about it. Like, you should be the one driving that because you should know yourself. And if you don't know yourself, like, just get to know yourself. You know, so the last time I actually was texting you photos of this all unfolding. Yes, yes. So the last time I was at Dana-Farber, which was not that long ago, it was, I think it was about a week and a half ago, um... I was getting my iron checked in the hematology floor because I'm a very expensive lab rat. <laughs> Top notch service. High for class me. lab rat. Not just any hematology for me. So I was up there and it's pretty rough up there. And there's people dealing with some tough blood cancers up there. And and frankly, it's it's a much harder row to hoe than what I, mm. I, I saw on the ninth floor. And we heard from Allie. We heard from Allie and I've known from some of my friends some of this stuff is just very pernicious and your immune system's really messed up and someone had chosen to bring along their two children and not bring them into the chemo room and they were parked outside um, waiting for the uh, mom or dad I don't know that, that or aunt or uncle I don't know someone that had was going through chemo and they were younger and um, the young boy had a mask on because he had a horrifying whooping cough or, or something. I mean, it sounded like a whooping cough. And he was playing video games on his iPad. No headphones. Ugh. And who does that? I don't know. And so I, again, I felt unempowered. And I so I started texting you <laughs> because it helped me gas off a little. And then ultimately what I started doing was singing along, like singing along. How did they react to that? He shut his he shut his music off. He shut, he shut the sound off. I mean, you can play video games on mute. I happen to know that. Yeah. Um, and I mean, then it, you can play anything on mute. The irony of all ironies is then someone got rolled in who was playing one of those casino games. You know, it was like, I think the jackpot. <laughs> Like, right when he shut his off, she she was rolled in by her caregiver. She could have been. That's how she funds her treatments. Well, so that's another thing, too, is that you, I also am inhibited to saying anything about it if because I don't know how sick they are. And I'm like, well, maybe this is their only joy in life is like playing the casino games. Right. But I do want to say, like, times are tough when you have cancer. And I'm not sure you should be gambling. It's true. I'm judgy when people are invading I mean, my space. Orally. <laughs> you you can't afford to have expensive addictions when you are addicted to chemo. <laughs> like you need it to live. Right. <laughs> right, exactly. So I that's that's where it comes into fellow patients too. Like yeah. you just need to be aware 
of the people around you too like you have to look out for your people and know what to say and what not to say right yeah well and as a patient because my group when i was going to my chemo appointments was the obnoxious group that like is giggling and laughing in the corner that's my group oh wait so that was like your cycle so you were with all of these women who formed a tribe of some sort no like i would bring family members oh okay so you had so i had my me and my entourage were like amused by things so so, and I am prone to mania sometimes also. Well, the steroids are lovely for oh, that. Yes. The steroids That's are, I got so much done. Um, <laughs> How much of it counted? That, none of it. None right. of it. So much done that no one ever should do. Folks, juicing is weird not a great idea when you actually have to get into it you're like lance how did you make this actually work for you (laughs) okay but i was always super aware of who else is in the room with me not disturbing other patients and i'm sure i'm sure i did i'm sure that someone is calling me a bitch somewhere but mostly i was really aware of other patients and like tried to tone it down when i could see that like other people were not okay um and have my parties in private right just just like i couldn't stop the like bubbly giggliness but i tried to keep it on the dl yeah i get that i mean it's so we're we got our treatment too you've just got curtains in between mm-hmm. rooms and then sometimes you've got walls in part of it or all of it and sometimes you get a private room which i really liked but yeah it was sometimes i heard some really intense stuff going on um and it's some just intense discussions between family members i mean i heard this girl confide to her dad that because her mom had had cancer her grandma was just dying of cancer her father was dying of cancer she felt like she was dying of cancer while she was trying to go to college and that's like a really hard thing I to mean, be listening to I just to. felt like opening the curtain and being like hi <laughs> hi <laughs> honey honey there's other people here too okay bye um you know <laughs> like like Oz um, but I, you know it was it is important to just be aware of other people in the chemo room I agree with you completely well and be aware that other people don't cope like you cope because I yes. coped with like manic energy and like crazy sense of humor yeah and I think pink wigs are disturbing I think I look amazing in my pink wig. I'm sure you do. And I, I do. think that's like not, that wasn't my experience. That's like, and I'm fine with it, but here's the thing it's like, just don't impose, don't get in my space. Yes. So, don't um, get in my space. I had, during one of my um, chemos, I had a woman in the place where you get your, um, in, ugh, it's not a port, but the they, IV. The they, IV. Yes, they put the IV in. Right, they thread um, the vein. Oh, downstairs. And Floor two. there was a woman going from person to person, and I thought she was an employee originally. But when she got to us, um, she told me about how Jesus healed her. <gasps> And how he can heal me too, and I was what like, "What if you were Jewish? Exactly, or something, or anything else? I could besides be Christian, like atheist. Yeah. Um. So, but she wouldn't like leave it alone. I was mm. like, I am so glad that you have that in your life. I'm so glad Jesus healed you. I don't. I don't want to come to Jesus. 
And she's like, but he will heal you. And she like would not let it go. It may have, I may have run. It's so, it's so funny. I may have run into this woman. There was a woman in the elevator when I was coming down from the therapy with my mom and she had said, Lord, Jesus is going to save me. He's going to provide for me. And I said to her, you know, it's so funny. I'm not a Christian. However, I just put a statue of the Virgin Mary on my shrine. Hmm. And she said to me, that Mother Mary is a sham. Jesus is the real Lord. And I, my mother was just so beside herself. Because my mother's very uncomfortable. I mean, she's, I'm not, I wasn't raised in the Christian faith. So the fact that I have the Mary was like, oh, what a nice point of connection. And then this woman's like, no. <laughs> there is no point of connection. Your Christianity connection is false. Oh my goodness. But she, she, she wouldn't leave it alone. And I should have. That's borderline. That's weirder. I sh- may, maybe I should have just been like, oh yeah, Jesus, just to get her away from me. But like, I refuse used to confess faith that I didn't have because you should not be imposing your beliefs on other people. That is, I'm sorry, that's like me going around and talking about intermittent fasting and how it saved me through chemo, which actually I think is, I'm sorry, I love Jesus in a way, but I think intermittent (laughs) fasting is probably more practical for the chemo experience than Jesus and more saving, like I actually do, but I'd be a weird zealot if of any sort, a health zealot. uh, We don't, so basically the message here is folks, the PSA is don't be a nutcase. And if you're going to be a nutcase, do it in private or start a podcast like well, we did. <laughs> are you calling us nutcases? I'm just saying, like, but 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 like, we have let a lot people, to say, no, and we let, let we let people decide what they want to hear from do us. Do not prescribe, but let people subscribe. Yes. That's what I'm saying. I don't force yourself in the cancer ward on people with your beliefs. That's beyond. Yeah. Well, and it's it is kind of a balance because some of the most rewarding things are those things that you learn from other patients. Mm-hmm. And so you want information from other patients, but like just tone it down. Well, I think the thing is cancer doesn't discriminate. So it's like you get all types. And much like yes. you wouldn't talk to anyone on the street, nor should you at the place where you're getting treatment because it's going to be full of all sorts of types of different people and you'll find the people that you harmonize and resonate with and a lot of people who you don't most likely for most of us so are there any other pieces of advice we have for fellow patients i mean i would just say this too so i noticed this um as I mentioned in the last episode, I ran back to my parents like a teenager when I got cancer and I spent a lot of time on Cape Cod where I grew up. And it's a huge retirement community. It's actually the most concentrated um, population of seniors in America. And um, I had a lot of women coming up to me being like, you know, I know where you are. And hmm, I'm not going to do that um, because no one ever knows where you are at any point. And I am not willing to get into a conversation at Luke's Liquors, which is one of the places <laughs> that this happened, um, yeah, about this. And it's like, you know, the woman could obviously tell that I was bald and this and that. But it just, it really bothered me. And I just think that like, you know, it's just really, it's important to just recognize, like, nah, you don't know what anyone's going through. Oh, oh my goodness. There's this weird, like, one-upmanship <sighs> in the cancer world. Because there's the comparisons where you're like, oh, I know exactly what you're going through. When 
you don't. There was that whole no Survivor's Day. That Survivor's Day pisses. It, it did it. We didn't even talk. It pissed me off. <sighs> I don't know why it pissed me off. I was like, why another day? Don't we have enough canceled days? I mean, I think <sighs> I'm going to a free dinner for it. I appreciate that. I. It's really good food. Sure. <laughs> But I mean, why do we have to post a Facebook like, I'm a cancer survivor, yay. I mean, I don't know. I just, I mean, again, I feel conflicted because we have a podcast, but anyway. All right, <laughs> Tangent Island. So, um. Okay, so don't one-up other patients. Don't be one of those bitches that everything's one of your cancer friends says about, oh, I'm in so much pain from this. And they're like, oh, I had way worse pain than you. Oh, don't want to. That's my, a good protocol. My drains were way worse than your drains. Oh, like, just don't. Just don't. Just, like, listen. And, like, maybe sometimes just don't. Even if you did have it worse, you might have had it worse. Mm. But, like, just don't say it all the time. So I think this is just my one protocol, which is buy a great pair of headphones. Yes. Just, <laughs> we don't want to share in your entertainment. And when you're getting cancer treatment, there's a lot this of people like around you. This is quiet car rules. In fact, why don't you take this out into the world? Spread the light. Be the change you seek to create. Put headphones on. It's your experience. Oh, my God. <laughs> I you want know, that for you. You know what we should do? We should have cancer treatment centers have Pink. headphones that they can give out. I think, you know what? Like at beats. the airport. We should get beats for cancer. Oh, you know my what? goodness. If I didn't have a day job, this would be my project right now. Because I just, people need... And just if yeah. anyone has access to a lot of headphones that we can send out to cancer centers, yeah. Dr. Dre, this is your chance. Maybe I've been a fan we can of crowdfund for this. Listen, Dre, I've been a fan of yours my whole life because that would solve a lot of problems. Please, we need pink beats. I don't or know if pink. I can apply for a grant for this. No, we just need support from the peeps because okay. I, I just and we especially need them for the seniors. Bose. I love your stuff. We love you guys. You're Boston-based or Cambridge-based, <laughs> whatever. All right. So I think the other protocol, too, is just, you know, if you're a family member, if you're a friend member, whatever, just know your limitations. If you can't really be there for the person, if you can't be that buffer, that's fine. Do something else. Make the casseroles. Make the driving arrangements. Do whatever. But do not go into that hospital if you can't contain yourself. Or if you have the flu, stay away from the people with leukemia, please. I have a protocol that's kind of for friends and family and kind of for patients. Go for it. So my brother has this thing that he always says, and it's communication is a two-way street. Mm. And that's true. So both people in a relationship are, like, responsible for talking to each other and, like, doing the work of the relationship, right? Mm -hmm. But when someone has cancer, they're not going to carry their half of the load. So mm. friends and family, like, need to be aware of that and, like, reach out more, carry more of that relationship, like, yeah. be more giving because the cancer patient needs it. And at the same time, like, I've heard from cancer patients, and I get it because I've had this, like, people will disappear from your life. People oh, yeah. that you thought you were going to know forever will disappear from your life going through this experience. In the weirdest ways. In the weirdest ways. And it will surprise you and it's unpleasant and like you can be mad about it or you can realize that communication is a two-way street and if you want to open up the communication line 
you can do that when you feel comfortable. So Mm -hmm. I do think that friends and family need to carry way more of that weight. But as a patient, you can also reach out. I guess I thought I was done with the protocols, but I want to just riff on that for one second. And this is the thing I have to say. So if you know someone who's gotten cancer and who's gone through treatment and you haven't reached out to them or whatever, just stop with the hemming and hawing. Stop with the apologies when you first call them. Just reach out, you know, just reach out, be authentic and be normal. Try to be normal a little bit too, you know, instead of this whole, I've gotten a lot of like, oh, I'm so sorry. And these apologies. And it's like, when are you just stop? Like, honestly, I'm just so glad you reached out to me. It's so glad to be talking to you. And yeah, just, and if, and also like, if you feel like just saying like, God, it was really awkward for me because I wanted to reach out to you, but I didn't know how. Sure, start out with that, but make it a two second prospect, not a five minute, we're giving you therapy limit. Well, and what I've done with people is I'm like, I want to spend the next like five months obsessing about this, but it's a waste of my time. It's a waste of your time. Can we just pretend that I did that? Because that's how I feel. Yeah, just recognize you're talking to someone who's been through a lot. And honestly, most of the time, our perspective is fairly good. And we tend to minimize any little slights. I will say, except the no headphones. (laughs) It's unforgivable. And I'm going to leave it at that. It's up to you, Dre. What you doing? All right, so... Thanks, Liana, for letting me vent a lot in this episode. Well, thanks, thanks, Dr. Dre, in advance for sponsoring us for Headphones for Cancer Centers. Right on. And, as always, thanks, Cancer. Thanks, Cancer. Hey, guys, thanks so much for listening to this episode of Thanks, Cancer. If you want to find us, you can find us on Facebook at Thanks, Cancer, on Instagram as Thanks, Cancer, and on Twitter as, guess what? Thanks, Cancer. And if you enjoyed today's episode and you're so inclined, please give us a five-star review on iTunes. And subscribe. Yeah, definitely subscribe. And listen, we want to hear your stories too, so please reach out to us at info at thanksgancer.com if you have something to share. Well, the traffic stopped you lay on the horn and you ask yourself, where is my cancer unicorn? the gate with your cancer card we're your passport date cause cancer's damn hard oh thanks cancer thanks cancer thanks cancer victories in the dark